Welcome to the What's What Weekly Wrap-Up. It's Friday, June 9th. Today's podcast focuses exclusively on this week's features from the WFUV Newsroom. I'm Maya Sargent. And I'm David Escobar. And here are this week's feature stories. Every month, WFUV Sports spotlights a figure about their experiences within the sports industry. In this month's Sports Spotlight, WFUV's Samantha Bora and Maddie Bimonte speak with ESPN's Emily Coplin, a reporter and sports writer for the National Hockey League. Coplin talks about her experience working in the NHL and gives up-and-coming sportscasters some advice on how to break into the industry. I guess just to start off, you know, how did you get your start in reporting and what were some of the early motivators for you in your career? I mean, early motivators that I'm a middle child and I have middle child complex and I thought my dad hated me. So inherently to get closer to him, um, I chose the field that he was in when I was growing up. He was a Sunday sports editor at the New York Daily News. Writing always came a little bit easier to me. I loved sports and I just became singularly focused on being a sports writer. I went to Penn State because they had a sports journalism major. I took every internship that I could and that got me a job at Sports Illustrated at age 22, which looking back now, I'm like, holy cow, that's pretty special and pretty unique. You know, at Penn State, I was always part of student media. I made a lot of sacrifices on weekends and, you know, just the hours that I put in. So those type of reps definitely helped me get to where I am today. I remember watching you during the Stanley Cup finals and to see another woman reporter was so great for me because I rarely get to see them nowadays, especially on the main stage for so many men's sports. And while the coverage was happening, I know that you got a lot of criticism from some people on the internet. Um, So I'm just wondering, how do you deal with criticism as a reporter and how do you let it motivate you and not get to you? Yeah. So last year was like the first year I was regularly on national television and it was eye opening for me. So, you know, at first I'm such an like feedback oriented person. I was trying to take in all that I could and see what people said, um, but that was super unhealthy and you can't let other people's perception of you become your perception of you. And I did a lot of soul searching and now I'm in a place where it doesn't matter what fans think, quite frankly, like obviously I'm there to serve them and I want them to think that I'm doing a good job and I'm adding value to their viewing experience, but like it's not necessarily my job for them to like me or understand where I'm coming at. But when you take in all of that feedback, it can really mess with you. And then it leads you to try to please people. And that steers you away from being authentic. And I think the one thing that really comes through um, for the best people, what they do is that they're authentically themselves. And that's what I strive to be. As women in sports and Maddie and I have also talked about this. Did you feel that, you know, some of the criticism you got was a little bit different than maybe what your counterparts had gotten and more prominent than like what you've seen other professionals in your line of work receive? I think there's certain aspects um, just of society that are inherently sexist, quite frankly. Like one thing that people get on me a lot was for my voice. Oh, she's vocal fry. I'm like, well, vocal fry is inherently something that is common amongst millennial women. So inherently that means that you just don't like the millennial woman voice. Um, Like I never really hear when men have like nasally voices, like them kind of getting on them for that. Um, so, so certain aspects of it, I do think there's just like a hint of misogyny and a hint of sexism too. Trolls are going to be trolls and they'll find anything to uh, criticize you for. Uh, you've been in the industry for a while now that you mentioned Sports Illustrated back when you turned 22. So how do you constantly find new and exciting things to report on so you don't get tired with reporting? I think curiosity is your best asset. If you're a reporter, Um, you always have to ask why. You know, I think one of my best assets when I started covering hockey was that I covered the NFL beforehand. And so when I came into a locker room, I was just like, wait, that seems different. Like you guys do it this way. And I keep asking questions 
One thing I constantly do, I'm calling people all of the time. Um, my job, I, I sometimes say, is to be a respectful pest. Um, but it's also about building relationships and just building conversations around the game. And you never know who's going to say something that piques your interest. So I try to make three calls a day. Like, that's always my my mantra. Now, we're kind of running towards the end of our interview. But what advice can you give to a young broadcaster who wants to get a start in the industry but just might not know how? The one mantra, again, that I always think is be a respectful pest. There's only two things in the world that you can control. It's how you treat other people and how hard you work. When I took the job covering hockey, I didn't know anybody. And I literally made an Excel spreadsheet. I think it's the last time I opened an Excel spreadsheet. But with a bunch of names of agents and coaches and GMs and teams and tracked down all these PR people's numbers and just started cold calling them saying, hi, I'm Emily and I want to cover the league and I want to do it well. And I just want you to get to know you and that type of thing. And, and just building those type of reps will go a long way. That was WFUV's Samantha Bora and Maddie Bimonte speaking with Emily Coplin from ESPN. A recent change in New York City's election laws will now allow voters to register to vote and cast their ballots on the same day. Ahead of this so-called Golden Day on June 17th, WFUV's Jay Doughty sat down with WFUV's Christina Lulich to walk us through how these changes will affect New Yorkers. So, Jay, tell us more about this new initiative, Golden Day. Absolutely. New York City has recently implemented a new system where residents can both register to vote and cast their ballot on the same day. And that day is June 17th. The initiative is a game changer for voter accessibility, and that's why voting advocates are calling it Golden Day. So how is this policy enacted? Christina, Golden Day is the result of a law signed by Governor Kathy Hochul last December, which shortened the voter registration deadline from 25 days before an election to 10 days. This means there's a single day before the election where people can register to vote uh, the same day they go to the polls. And Jay, elaborate on how the process works. How do New Yorkers register and vote on the same day? Well, to register and vote on the same day, eligible New Yorkers must visit an early voting poll site or the Board of Elections office. They'll need to provide proof of identity and residency, like a New York State's driver's license, utility bill, or bank statement. And once the registration is confirmed, they will receive a ballot to cast their vote immediately. So with this new system, what should New Yorkers do if they want to take part in Golden Day? Well, for people who are interested, it's always good to check the official New York City Board of Elections website or contact their office to confirm if same-day registration is available for a particular election. Now, Jay, is there a specific timeline or a deadline for New Yorkers to register and vote on the same day? Yes, there is, Christina. The same-day registration option is available during the early voting period for each election. This starts 10 days before the election and ends on the Sunday before Election Day. And Jay, before you go, have there been any reactions from voters or officials about Golden Day? Yes, this new system has received positive feedback from voters and officials alike. Many residents appreciate the increased accessibility and the chance to make their voices heard, even if they miss the traditional registration deadline. But still, some are concerned that the logistics of the rollout in coordination with local election authorities might be hectic in such a large state like New York. But still, officials hope that this initiative will encourage higher voter turnout and further engage the community in the electoral process. With WFUV News, I'm Jay Doherty. That was WFUV's Christina Lulich speaking with WFUV's Jay Doherty about New York City's Golden Day. 
Recently, students from New York City schools have been showing off their bench murals in Reverend T. Wendell Park in the Bronx. The colorful benches are raising awareness about social issues. WFUV's Caroline Ely has more. Students from different schools across the city have been creating bench murals for Reverend T. Wendell Park in the Bronx. They presented their designs last week at an event called Benchmarkers, hosted by the Center for Educational Innovation. Each bench mural is dedicated to a different social issue. Some of the themes included gun violence, race relations, and religious freedom. Jace Caceres is one of the student representatives from his school. He said his team had a clear vision for their bench. The most inspiring thing about making this bench was how people did not have much hope during COVID-19 when COVID first started. So we made this bench to show that like, we can still have hope these days, even if times seem tough and we have to overcome adversity. The Bench Mural Project aims to raise awareness about these social issues with the hope of finding solutions to at least some of the problems. Stephanie Ocasio is one of the teaching artists involved in this project. She worked with the students from the High School of Energy and Technology. Stephanie said it was hard for the students to choose just one issue, so she encouraged them to collaborate and to create a bench design that encompassed all of their ideas. We can't just have one issue. They wanted to include gun violence. They wanted it to include, you know, um, mental health issues. They wanted to include everything that they see every day, drug abuse as well. And they said, well, why don't we just make a tree? The roots of the tree ended up being the social issues they see, so gun violence, drug abuse, pollution, racism. And then the actual tree itself ended up being, ended up having branches that showed ways that they could solve these issues. So reform gun laws, free health care, um, better access to mental health services. The benches are now on display at their new home at the entrance of Reverend T. Wendell Park. Students hope that they'll inspire change and add a little bit of color to the streets of New York. With WFUV News, I'm Caroline Ely. That was WFUV's Caroline Ely talking about the new bench murals in Reverend T. Wendell Park in the Bronx. A new digital skills and training center has just been announced. The FedCap Group and LaGuardia Community College are partnering up to provide New Yorkers with learning opportunities in Lower Manhattan. WFUV's Christina Lulich has the story. The FedCap Group is an organization that provides educational opportunities to people of all ages. They operate Civic Hall, which is a new learning and training center in the heart of the New York City tech community. Executive Director Seema Shah says the partnership between the FedCap Group and LaGuardia Community College will allow residents the chance to learn skills like Microsoft Suite, digital marketing, and cybersecurity. I think I hope that people see um, learning and training in a whole new way because of Civical. We hope that Civical is able to provide a menu of offerings for you know people across the whole spectrum of learning. Civic Hall is a space that will help with the digital divide among New Yorkers. By completing courses, people can earn specialized certificates or college credits through LaGuardia Community College. But I think what's interesting is that Civic Hall is marrying the kind of the world of certificate-based learning and higher education. The classes are expected to be in session in September. For more information, visit civichall.org. I'm Christina Lulich. WFUV News. That was WFUV's Christina Lulich talking about the new Digital Skills and Training Center for New Yorkers at Union Square.
And that's it from us. But you can check out the What's What weekly wrap-up every Friday for more features exclusively from the WFUV Newsroom. And make sure to check out the WFUV What's What daily podcast. It explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues surrounding the New York metropolitan area. And includes features and interviews just like the ones you heard exclusively from FUV. You can catch new episodes every weekday at 3. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or find out more at WFUVnews.org. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Maya Sargent.